1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: The Sports Bar with Danger and Viteglia.
3: An untimed down for this Giants offense from the Bills' one-yard line. It all comes down to this. There's the snap. Fakes the handoff, throws it into the end
2: zone. It's incomplete. Intended for Darren Wall. Taron Johnson in coverage caused enough disruption to force the incompletion The game is over and the Bills escape Unbelievable, tough, gritty win, but man, was it ugly And it was excruciating for Bills fans, man, it was painful to watch It's a win, it's an ugly one, we'll take it Uh it was not easy, I'm proud of the way the guys found a way Mike Danger
4: yeah, I say it all the time, winning is one hell of a deodorant And hey, it is Gene Batuglia
2: Yeah, they won yesterday, but I don't think you get it. Cookie for yesterday. No cookies. No cookies at all. <laughs> cookies. Cookies. This isn't Dion logic. A win <laughs> is a win. A loss is a loss. The
1: Giants made history
2: last night.
3: A terrible mistake by the
2: Giants as they don't get the playoff and get no points out of it. Why do we do it? 95.7 FM and AM 950. The fan, Rochester.
4: Hey, good afternoon. Welcome on into the sports bar. You found Rochester's only local sports talk show. Danger and Bataglia. Glad you're with us. Listening along locally at 95.7 FM, AM 950. Maybe you're listening elsewhere on the free-to-download Odyssey app. We appreciate that. You're checking out the video stream at The Fan Rochester on YouTube and on Twitch. You can even get us on your smart device when you ask it to play 95.7 The Fan. Here, present, and sleep deprived. I am Mike Danger. He is
2: Gene Battaglia. Oh, I got in a three oh eight, buddy. But I got—if you get five, I think that's fine. When you're an adult, five hours, you should be able to function. Did you get your five? Uh, you, just under five. I got to credit the executive producer if she's listening. She got up with, you know, made sure the boy was out the door and everything. Yeah, so that's good. I, so, yeah.
4: I my responsibilities in the morning, usually I've got to get my uh, nephew on the school bus. So he gets dropped off at our house right around 7:20, 7:30-ish. And I don't know how all y'all felt after that game. I was wired. It was one of those games where, you know, whenever the Bills play in primetime like that, th- th- those are hard for me to like you know, the mind keeps racing. I'm just thinking oh. constantly, You're just racing, racing, racing. I close my eyes and all I'm thinking about is this play, that play, this take, that take, this player, that. Play. So I can't I can't wind
2: down. Yeah, I, I was not wound down. I go out to the stadium and I work these games. I also work on the side for the Associated Press and I get their sound bites and everything that you hear across the country. And take some time to kind of cut it up, whatever. Well, point being, I don't get out of the stadium till late. But on the Odyssey app, you can listen to WFAN, which I'm like, okay, let me engage myself here because it's late. Let me listen to some of the sports talk. That must have been a fun ride home. This was my favorite take from the host in New York last night. Let me hear it. Tyrod gives the Giants a better chance to win. Tyrod and the offense look much improved. I'm like, oh, my God, you scored nine points nine what are we talking about nine times
4: it's just brilliant new york sports talk radio fan it's that's just peak
2: new york sports talk radio is it not it is like not that daniel jones is anything but tyrod is limited Giant fans, you you will come to know this and that bonehead play he made at the end of the first half. Now, I'll listen to the argument that ultimately that's Brian Dable who should coach his guys up to say when we're in this situation, there is no audible period case closed. So if you're not familiar, Tyrod, uh, it's a pass play that's called Sean McDermott. Bates tie rod essentially by lining up saying, here you go, run the football. And then all of a sudden, yep, the the Bills closed the gap and that's it. And once the play was run, it's like, oh my God, they're not even going to get through All
4: last week, one of the things we kept hearing was, well, you know, Brian Dayball... Uh, knows Sean McDermott, knows Josh Allen, knows all the tendencies. You know, we didn't really talk about how that goes both ways. And especially when you consider that Tyrod was starting this game and you kind of know everything that you need to know about Tyrod. Strengths, weaknesses, both physical and mental. And you tricked him. <laughs> Sean McDermott tricked him. You know Brian Dayball's tendencies, good, batter or, or otherwise. Brian Dayball, I I said it last week, and look, we all like Brian Dayball. We all wish Brian Dayball the best. I'm not confident that Brian Dayball is anything more than a good offensive coordinator in the NFL. I don't know that one playoff appearance makes Brian Dayball a good coach. Yes, he was coach of the year last year. Who do they give coach of the year to year after year after year? The coach who overachieves. The coach who exceeds expectations. Nobody thought the Giants were a playoff team. He got into the playoffs. He gets coach of the year. I don't know that he is a good head coach. And the Tyrod play that you mentioned at the end of the first half is is one knock. I hate how he handled that just undressing Tyrod after that play, walking into the locker room, not talking to Melissa Stark and and, and admitting to a Melissa Stark that I'm so rattled by this. You're the head coach. If you're rattled by it, you can't really give that off to your team, no. to the media, to anybody. And Brian Dayball, we've seen that out of him. We knew he was an emotional guy when he was the offensive coordinator at Buffalo. We we laugh and joke about the Miami game where he, you know, came down to the last throw and Josh Allen throws it to Charles Clay and he can't squeeze it. And Brian Dayball just collapses on the field, falls on the field, like very emotional guy. And it's okay to be an emotional guy. It's okay to be an emotional head coach. But when you're in that position, you do have to have a certain kind of, you have to be a little bit more presidential, I think.
2: Yeah, this stat last night, we got calls coming in. Five eight five eight six six four fan. We'll tell you what's coming up on the show, but let me pass this on. This is how rare was last night, Danger? So the Giants had more passing yards, they had more rushing yards in the game, they had more fumble recoveries, they had more interceptions, they missed fewer field goals. All five things when that happens for a team entering last night, 134 and oh in NFL history. That was the first time in NFL history that a team had everything going for them, and didn't come away with a. Oh, W.
4: Don't worry, Gene. All day long, I had Kurt Warner telling me in the new NFL PSA that this is a weird game. Weird things happen. You really shouldn't gamble on the NFL. You should really know your limits. You should really know when to walk away because weird things can happen in the NFL. Oh, you think? Thanks, Kurt Warner. Thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you. I didn't know, but I appreciate that. Uh, Here's what's on tap in the sports bar with Danger and Batagli, and on tap at Three Heads Brewing. Mexican Dark lager enjoy this traditional Mm. vienna style lager made popular by some mexican breweries enjoy yours at three heads brewing on atlantic avenue today or or you can
2: join us on friday we will be there this friday for friday football talk live yeah three to six we'll be out there the sports bar at three heads brewing on atlantic avenue as Hey, it's the Patriots. Okay, everybody take a deep breath. They may be the worst team in the league, so come on out and start your weekend with us at Three Heads Brewing and coming up on Friday. Lost
4: to the Raiders. Lost to Brian Hoyer. Oh, <laughs> the Patriots. We'll, get, we'll talk more about them here later today and, and throughout the course of the week, obviously. Today, uh, a lot of recapping what we saw last night from Orchard Park. We'll be joined in the 4 o'clock hour for, uh, by Ryan Talbot from NewYorkUpstate.com.
2: Yeah, so we'll get his thoughts as... By the time Ryan comes on, uh, Sean McDermott scheduled to speak at four o'clock. So we'll kind of react to that in real time, too, because there's going to be some news, I would think, as far as uh, an update on Josh Allen. So last night after the game, uh, danger, we're all staying waiting to go into the Bills locker room. And then, oh, that's Josh Allen walking over to the x-ray room. Oh, that's not good. He was in there for about 10 minutes, came out still in his uh, uniform, basically, and then came back over. So they were looking at the shoulder. Now, it, what John McDermott said then in his press conference about a half hour later said everything was trending in the right direction, but still, that's your Corvac getting checked out after the game. So that's of concern. Also, Damian Harris, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, released from the hospital today. It's a neck injury, and that's certainly good news uh, that I don't know what his status is going to be for this week, much less the rest of the season, but uh, a scary moment last night, certainly, but everything's going to be okay for Damian Harris.
4: And I think with Josh Allen and his shoulder, that shoulder wasn't bothering him when he was lowering it to mix it up against the Giants' defensive linemen that were mixing it up with his offensive lineman Allen being a part of that. Like if you're an offensive lineman and you see your quarterback mixing it up with the defenders, I love that. You gotta I, love that.
2: No, I and, and love here's it. okay. Well, that's the play that he got hurt on when we had Allen at training camp. I it came up about the Netflix about Patrick Mahomes chirping, and we asked him, "Do you chirp?" And he talked about how he can snap basically. So Allen does have a trigger yeah. in him. If you're another team, I'm trying to trigger Josh Allen. Honestly, Oh. If you can yeah, absolutely right. trying to work.
4: But it. if you play, if he plays angry, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think he when he plays with an urgency and a different level of competitiveness I, I think he's almost hard to stop, right? Like he when he's collected and he's w- playing within himself, a lot of times you see him do things that instinctually are, that go against his instincts. He doesn't tuck and run as much as he used to. He plays within himself. But when there's a sense of urgency, you get a different Josh Allen. Anyways, uh, we'll, we'll also talk later this hour. Mike Catalana, 13 Wham Sports Director, BuffaloPlus.com. Uh The icon. Stops by. We'll get his thoughts on uh, yesterday's
2: win from Orchard Park. Yeah, he was out there last night, too, and I'm sure he'll get his Phillies taken. Game one of the Phillies tonight. Yeah.
4: Uh, You got a couple of aces going uh tonight between the Phillies and diamondbacks. So we'll kettle uh, get on his take on uh, the the NLCS while we have him as well. You can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. That's 866-4FAN 866-4326. Award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub. The new location, 135 West Commercial Street, East Rochester. Good smoke BBQ.com.
2: Let's uh take your calls here, your reaction, and uh I don't know. It's a win, but it feels like blame assessment Monday here, doesn't it? It's a little bit here, uh, as he quite often does. Tim in San Diego, leading us off on a Monday. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. You?
3: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Has there ever been a more polarizing win than last night for Buffalo? I mean, it, it was ridiculous.
4: If they would have I, lost but, that game, we said last week, Tim, that would have been the most embarrassing loss in Buffalo yeah. Bills regular season history.
3: Agreed. Agreed. And obviously, the, the most embarrassing loss of the Dermot era, but. I'm telling you guys, I don't know. I just, these games have to stop happening. And I don't know where, 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 what, what's going on, but it just, at the same time, we get, this has been, you know, a, a thing about the McDermott era is, you know, you have these games where it's like, oh my God, they should blow out the Giants by 30. Granted, you know, yes, they have injuries on defense and Gabe Davis, I, don't, I, I mean, talk about enigmatic. He's probably the most enigmatic receiver in Bills' history, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. It's just, and there's a lot of blame to go around. But at the end of the day, yes, they did win. But, you know, like you said, it feels like a blame assessment. One day it feels like, it, it was, it feels like a loss. And they were seconds away and a great non call by the refs uh, on Taron Johnson, by the, you know, getting a little Chiefs treatment um, you know, from a loss. And that and that shouldn't have happened. They shouldn't have been put in that situation. Say what you want about Dabal, you know Dayball's familiarity with Buffalo and and all that. That shouldn't have been the result last night. It should have been at least you know the Bills should have won by two touchdowns or more.
2: Uh, no doubt about it, Tim. And uh, it, now I'm I'm kind of wondering uh, about you bring up Gabe Davis. I want to go back to him because. Do, do, do you do you trust him as a number two here? Or are you thinking trade deadline? Is that a position you want to go get here in a couple weeks?
3: Well, I think you have to give. I mean, I'm familiar with Khalil Shakir playing at Boise State, watching him play against SDSU. He's got great hands. He's not probably number two like a Gabe Davis because he doesn't quite have the speed. But if you have a Trent Sherfield, if you got a Deontay Hardy already there, that you know that can provide speed for you maybe it's something you look at because you got to give those guys a chance too. you know, they brought in Deontay Harry for his speed, but they don't utilize him at all. Trent Sherfield, same thing. And Khalil Shakir, I mean, to me would be a great slot, you know, slot guy. So maybe it's something you consider because it's just, I don't think right now, the way Davis is playing, he, he's not worthy of, of, of an extension in my opinion.
4: He's a number two, in my opinion. I think that's get, you get well, what you get with Gabe Davis. He, he has the potential to be a number one, and I think for another team, maybe yep. a team with, with inferior talent, he would be a number one, but I don't think he's anything more than a number two. He's going to get paid by somebody as a number yep. one that's that's yeah. gonna be and he should yeah. he should but it's clear that the longer that he's here uh that there you know he can make spectacular catches as well we don't talk a lot about the the really really spectacular Gabe Davis catches because we're so used to seeing them I mean especially when he was first first came into the league and the connection between he and Josh Allen downfield and the sideline grabs and the toe taps and the toe drags G- Gabe Davis can make the spectacular catches look routine and the routine catches for some reason, just don't come easy to him. I, it, it is a little baffling, um, but I think he's a solid two for this team and, and he'll probably get paid to be a, a one somewhere else next year.
2: Thank you, Tim. Appreciate the call. Starting us off our number eight, six, six, four, fan eight, six, six, four, three, two, six, Rodney in Rochester. Hello, Rodney.
3: Hello. Good morning, guys. Oh, my God, what a debacle that was yesterday. And I think the worst part of it was with the the shoulder thing. Where, where Was he going to be a tough guy now, Josh Allen? I mean, what's this all about?
4: Yeah, I don't know that he... Now, now did we get confirmation that he hurt his shoulder when he went into the, the skirmish? Because the there was the play where he got hit, where he had to go out after he, yeah. they thought it was his head, but maybe it wasn't his head. He went into the tent. That was before... The skirmish, the skirmish happened after that. So if he hurt his shoulder on that play, he kind of went in and banged his shoulder again. And and I'm not a doctor or or a physical therapist, but uh, Nikki signs is, and he's he's texting me. His, his expert opinion here. This is this is he's like our own pro football doc here. The way he landed on his shoulder, pretty positive it's his AC joint that yep. they're looking at. He's going to be sore for a while. If it was a rotator cuff or labrum issue, he wouldn't have been able to throw like he did in the second half. Yeah. So pain management, essentially. Is Fine. And and that was kind of what he had to deal with last year with the, with the elbow. It affected him a little bit. Mm-hmm. But look, at this point of the season, you're going to get these bumps, these bruises, these aches, these pains. You're not going to miss any time. It doesn't sound like... And by the way, if you did miss time, could you get by with him this week with with the Patriots? I wouldn't want to see that. But, you know, if there was a game, yeah, maybe this is the game.
2: Mac Jones, assuming he's starting this week, they may go with Cunningham, actually. like, Can you imagine if like the Patriots roll him out this week? It might oh, actually be.
4: I told him they should have done it week one. Yeah, You saw him in the preseason. I'm like, that guy's better than what you have in this roster. He's better than Jones. He's better than Zappi. He should be your starter week one do it, you uh, coward
2: anybody else would have bench mac jones by now Roddy. thank you for the call appreciate that at 8664326 uh quickly on the um on the end of the game because if
4: you were listening to to the fan in new york city i'm sure you had giants fans complaining about the officiating and i just want to remind everybody accentuate that that, that when you complain about not getting a call after your team loses all it does is accentuate your loser energy. Knock it off. <laughs> you you could be upset that they didn't get the call. Let me, let me, let's, let's role play it out. Let's pretend we know what would happen. Let's, let's do a choose your own adventure. Let's say they call pass interference on Taron Johnson, final play of the game, and you get another untimed down. And let's say once again, you try to go to the end zone, throw the ball to the end zone to Darren Wall. And once again, he gets mugged. Like how, we could do this forever and ever and ever. Or you could do what, Smart coaches would do in that situation run the ball. But you couldn't run the ball. You were afraid to run the ball. Yeah. You're a coward and you couldn't run the you wanted to exploit a matchup, which is fine, but you can't complain that, that there's no chance that that ref is going to throw a flag multiple times in a row and there's no chance that any DB isn't going to be handsy when you have an untimed down and you're trying to prevent a touchdown from being scored.
2: What's weird about this is when Dable came in his first game, do you remember how his first game played out? I remember. They were in Nashville, and they're down. And they score a touchdown, and it's the old, should we kick an extra point or go for two? We're going for two. And they give it to Saquon. And they win the game. Everybody's like, oh, Brian Dable!" Now he's a coward like most coaches. That's the way I view it. You, fourth and inches. You have Saquon. You have Saquon. You had fourth and inches earlier in the game. Yes. He
4: opted to kick the field goal. I mean, I know that the Bills defensive line has been great this year and you got burned at the end of the first half, but you still have Saquon Barkley. You're paying him all that money. And look, the Waller matchup is one that, that I would probably want to exploit as well, but you can't complain about not getting that call. It could, it could have gone both ways, right? Like Waller had his hand on Taron Johnson's face. Like, to what end? To what end are we going to do this? This dance? We're going to keep doing it over and over again? Okay, we'll get a third on time down. We're going to try this the, the play again. Okay, there's another pass in the You're going to get it every single play.
2: I, it, so, again, small sample size, but from what I was listening, I, the, the callers were not blaming the officials. What I would say is, and look, this is our business danger. People say people have agendas. Pro football talk. Florio has an agenda. Whenever there's an officiating issue, pff, he's going to put the big old spotlight on it. And I don't think that was egregious last night. It really wasn't. It's debatable. And that makes it fun. Yeah. But no, it wasn't like, oh, my God, that's the word. Well, earlier in the broadcast, Collinsworth, was like, well, if you grab
4: a handful of Jersey, they're going to call that every time well uh, Jared J- Johnson had a handful of jersey there at the end of the game They didn't call it that well, didn't didn't ca- it was a catchable though the the waller at the end of the play yeah, yeah at the end of the game I think it was I, I think that that the ref uh you know tucked the 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 laundry a little bit deeper into his pocket I think he wasn't going to make that same call twice in a row he's afraid you right, uh, like
2: sidebar <laughs> I called him a Quade Brighton High school game Oh, I I can't even comment on it because section five officials, you guys do a great job, but it's like it's a tough job for being an official. Sure. The way that game. Yeah.
4: And especially when you have fans in the end zone who are already mad that you called the pass interference to begin with. To lead to the one. So I I think that the ref could have called pass interference there, but didn't. And because even if he would have, we would have gone through this whole dance again, unless the Giants decided to do what they should have done, which is run Saquon Barkley, something they weren't comfortable doing because they knew the Buffalo Bills were going to key on Saquon Barkley. Uh, all right. We're going to take a break and come back. Mike Catalana, 13 WAM Sports Director, BuffaloPlus.com. He's going to join us next with his thoughts from last night's win. We'll, we'll kind of look over and we haven't talked about the performance of a, a few key players out there. I mean, look, we had Kyrie Elam getting uh, out there for a second game uh, and, and Christian Benford with no Dane Jackson out there. Both of them got beat deep. In that game, um, we, we got to see more of uh, the rookie Dorian Williams in place of Matt Milano and mm-hmm. see anything uh, in, in terms of any sort of rotation there at linebacker and, and more about the defensive line. Somebody that you mentioned to me before we got on the air, you where was Von Miller? yeah very quiet kind of day for von miller but we'll get into all of that with mike catalana when he joins us next in the sports bar danger and battaglia on the fan rochester
1: odyssey has sports for every fan keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the
4: inside scoop from experts a-u-d-a-c-y odyssey
1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Pull
2: up a stool and join us. 585-866-4FAN. 866-4326. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. Just really wasn't getting into a rhythm. Um, You know, that's pass and run game included. we got to find ways to to get our get off to a fast start and I don't think we've done that the last few days, that last few games. So, um, You know, at the end of the day, it's a a win. It's an ugly one. We'll take it. Uh, But there's a lot of things that we got to learn from and, and get better at.
4: There's Josh Allen after the Bills win last night on uh, Sunday Night Football in an ugly fashion. It's a, a victory Monday that feels more like a blame assessment Monday. Weird how that works. Mike Catalana, 13 Wham Sports, and BuffaloPlus.com joining us to uh, make sense of all of it. Let, let's start with that, Mike, if we can. Josh Allen there talking about not having a rhythm. And I I, I hear that word, and I'm like, yeah, that's... That's the word, that's the catalyst for those guys. Doesn't it feel like when they are in a rhythm, they're impossible to stop? They can't quite get into a rhythm these last couple of games. Mike, do we know how many plays are scripted to start the game that, that Dorsey, do, does he script anything at all? I mean, I, I wonder if, if they're, they're kind of uh, at the mercy of whatever Dorsey has planned to start the game, and when it doesn't work, it sets them up for failure the rest of the game.
5: I don't think the Bills are any different than any other team. I think you have early plays scripted. And I think fans also need to understand when they talk about scripts, it's based on the plan to do it. It doesn't mean if this was the third play you have called and you're first and goal at the one yard line, you're running that play. So there's adjustments to that. Look, a few weeks ago, Ken Dorsey had that rhythm. I mean, when you go back to that three game winning streak, that game against the Dolphins, <laughs> they dominated them. They scored 48 points, they crushed them. They look like uh, the best form of this offense since I would say the heyday of 2021 when, you know, they had that perfect game against the Patriots, you know, that type of offense. So they've had it before. When I look at rhythm and and that type of energy, I think it's when a team is confident in the play call. They know their assignments. They execute their assignments and they play with a pace. It doesn't mean they're rushing. It doesn't mean there has to be no huddle. It just means they step to the line with a feeling that we're making a play. And you can tell with this Bills team, there are times when they're like, (laughs) if it's not Steph and Josh, it ain't happening. And that's what we saw last night. Like no other wide receiver stepped up. Guys miss blocks. Guys miss blitzing players. I mean, the Giants, I'm sorry, the Giants stink. That's a bad football team. They can't get to the quarterback and can't protect their quarterback. Yet they made the Bills look bad. And I think a lot of it's on coaching, but but there's a point where it's on the players, too. So that's what I think of that, that rhythm he's talking about. Um, that's what I think is when you are in sync and confident. And they did not look that way last night.
2: I We were debating this earlier. I, I don't want my quarterback getting involved in throwing shoulders like that. I would assume Sean McDermott's <laughs> going to pull his quarterback aside there and like, hey, there, there will be kind of some chippiness at some point, but Josh, you know what? Um, don't be that guy.
5: Yeah, I think he said it after the game. He was like, yeah, I appreciate Josh sticking up for his guys at 17 he needs to be standing to the side. First of all, you know, quarterbacks get protected all the time, right? They do on big hits in certain situations. And Josh is a big, strong, tough kid. He's not a defensive lineman. And those guys will get their shots at you. And, you know, that can, that can tick some people off. You know, the way Josh plays is awesome. But when he embarrasses another player, I mean, they they keep that in their mind. And yeah, I, I get him sticking up for his guys, but seriously, especially like throwing your shoulder, like that's not the brightest thing in the world. So, um, Appreciate the sentiment, just don't do it because you're putting yourself at more risk than a regular than a regular player is based on the position that you play.
4: I imagine we'll learn more about that shoulder uh, that he went and got uh, some pictures taken of after the game, Mike. What was your initial uh, reaction to, to uh, Josh Allen getting some X-rays after the win?
5: Yeah, we were standing there at the locker room and he was walking across. You know, you see that walk all the time. The guy leaves the locker room, goes across to right near where the visiting locker room is and goes in and gets the x-rays done. Uh, they do that all the time. Josh looked, uh, a little beaten up after the game. It was a win, but nobody was really celebrating. Sure. Better than a loss. I looked at him and I, you know, sometimes you can tell you couldn't tell he's moving, walking. Here's what it is with this guy. I mean, I saw him walk in in Tampa with a walking boot on and he ends up playing the next week. Right. You've seen him have concussions and come back in a week. Last year, he gets blasted on the shoulder, and he plays. He will play. I mean, I'm, I am don't know anything to this point. Sean McDermott will have something for my guess, but he's going to have other tests. But unless it's something that he can't play, he will play. He will play through it. And he did last year when we know he wasn't right. So on the plus side, I don't think it, they sensed it was anything that was going to keep him out. But... You wonder how, how healthy he is and what he needs to get get that right. Um, he just looked, Jenna used the word last night, she goes, he kind of looked disheveled when he came in the press conference room. And he kind of did, you know, but that was a physical game with a lot of nonsense going on. And uh, I think he needs to sort of take a breath. But um, I don't know. I, I, I hope it's just what you expect it to be, which is had some more tests, you know, we'll take it. He's day to day. Maybe he sits out Wednesday. You know, they do that sometimes and then gets out there and practices.
2: 13 Wham's Mike Catalana, who was at the stadium last night with uh, Dan and Jenna, part of the Buffalo Plus team. And I think there's one pot. Okay, you, you held the Giants to nine points, and I would think more often than not you're going to win games in this league when when you're holding opponents that few. But Mike, there were questions entering this game uh, specifically. All right, no more Matt Milano. You have Dorian Williams coming in, and you seem to really like the game that uh, the middle linebacker Terrell Bernard had last night.
5: I just like the way he plays. I like his is he's how active he is. I saw him at times out. In, in zone coverage, over helping, helpless Kair Elam. He's, he's very good in the run game. Look, he's got things he needs to work on, um, but I got to tell you, that is the by far biggest positive for this team this year, for what you expected and what you're getting. I mean, a kid got hurt in camp, and you're like, oh, he hasn't even played. And then all of a sudden, he's there, and he's the linebacker, and he gets the, the job, and He's been outstanding. And I got to tell you, I'm seeing flashes from Dorian Williams. Yeah. Look, if you could get Matt Milano back, you would do it in a heartbeat. He's Matt Milano. But I am seeing some things there. I want to see that kid on the field more. I like the athleticism in the linebackers. And they need it because they don't have a lot of that in the rest of the back seven. They really don't. It is not a athletic group in general. So uh, in the linebackers, it's good. but um, you know, we'll see, we'll see where they are, but honestly, that went from a massive question mark to an absolute positive, I think, up to this point.
4: I want to talk about the secondary with you, Mike, but before we do that, it felt like Von Miller was largely invisible last night. Did you get yeah. the same sense?
5: Yeah, usually you see Von, he's got that burst. Now, I don't know if, if he feels 100%. Uh, you know, Von, he's always positive the way he talks. They are kind of ramping him up. But the one thing about Vaughn is it feels like it feels like he could just walk out there and have that burst and be impactful. I watched him a lot last week in London when he was on the field. You know, you don't see it, but you're like, okay, it's the first game. Now it's the second game, and he just doesn't. Now, I don't know what they thought. You know, it would be interesting to hear what the, what the Bills thought about his comeback. You know, they, they did that strange thing last year with Trey White in a game where they actually, you know – limited his snaps as a corner. He played like 15 snaps in that game in Detroit and then sat down to try to ramp them up. And then they increased and increased, uh, with Vaughn. It's not, it's quality over quantity, but we haven't, we haven't seen the quality now. It's two games in after ACL surgery, maybe it's going to take him a month to get there, but I got to tell you, man, that being said, The way Epines is playing, Rousseau is playing, this is what you wanted to see, right? These guys, and Leonard Floyd is a tough dude. He is not healthy, and he's fighting out there all the time. Six and a half sacks already. So on the plus side, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, they can be patient for Vaughn to get back to being Vaughn because other guys have really, really done a pretty good job.
2: Mike, I don't know if there's an answer out there that uh, come the trade deadline, which, oh my gosh, we're only 15 days away from, right? Uh, As far as the corner position, and and I guess the best solution is get Dane Jackson healthy right now. Uh, But what did you see last night out of Kyrie Elam?
5: There's a bullseye on him. There just is. And we were talking about it driving home at... 2.30 2.30 in the morning this morning. <laughs> That's what the life is in those home night games after all of our post game. Uh, is that I thought he was better last year. He looked more confident unless teams have just zeroed in on him. But like the holding play in the end zone, like I get it. The guy's going by you, you grab him because you don't want to give up six. But you know, when that guy runs straight into you and you just grab him, you force the ref to make a call. And I got to tell you, I was really watching him. You know, I was joking with uh, Jackson Roberts from uh, Channel 10, and Jenna was there. You know, it got Jackson to get a pair of binoculars. I told him it's an old man move, but that's what we do in the, press, <laughs> in the press box. And then Jenna uses the binoculars while we're sitting there. But it is nice because you can watch a player, and I'm watching Kair, and he's on single coverage with Hyatt. And I'm just watching. I see the snap, and Hyatt just makes a move and blows by him. And it was a illegal formation. Like, you know, when they blow the whistle like right after the snap. And that kid had him beat. And I'm just looking going, that was too easy. And then, you know, he had the holding call. He looks lost to me. Now, Sean's trying to stick up, said he made a nice tackle. That's great. But I don't know. They need him to be something at the moment. And, you know, they brought in Josh Norman. That's the kind of guy you bring in. You know, I've heard guys talk about him being like a mentor. They got coaches to do that. Like I don't know if Josh, Nor- you need a guy that can play. You need a guy that can step in there and play. I think they could definitely be in the market at the deadline for a corner. Uh, but guys, you might want to go the other route. You might want to go get another weapon for Josh Allen and say, screw it, guys. We're going to go score some points. We're going to get a guy, whether it's a Hunter Renfro or somebody who's going to catch some balls over the middle that's been there and done that. We're going to do more for this offense, and we're going to put 30 up every game as opposed to in the 20s. Well, less, obviously, last night. So I don't know what Bean's plan is, but I think he's got to do something probably on both sides of the ball.
4: Yeah, is it a lack of trust offensively? When you see Steph Diggs get targeted 16 times... Clearly they have a thing now. Maybe there's a part of that that's strategic. You target Diggs as much as you target. And then when you need to get Deontay Hardy open on that first touchdown, the, the design of that play I thought was magnificent. And it was all because they were focused on Diggs getting the ball in, in the red zone. But, but do you think that a wide receiver, somebody that you could compliment with, with Diggs and Davis could be the route that they go?
5: Yeah, I think they need that. I, you know, I so badly for this team have wanted to see Gabe be that number two guy. And he's had moments. He's had moments, but not enough and not consistently enough. And last night he was invisible, except really for the fumble. And he's, he's, he's a talented guy, but maybe his talent lies in being that third guy. That's what we keep saying. Or, you know, they thought in terms of Kincaid and he wasn't on the field last night and taking over some stuff in the middle. Look, they targeted Diggs that many times because they needed to get the ball to somebody who's going to make a play. He gets open all the time. I mean, he is a tremendous route runner. They know it's coming. They still can't stop him. And last night, he probably should have thrown it to him twenty times. And that's not a long term recipe for success. But if you're sitting there watching it, you're saying to yourself, What works for this team? Throw it to Diggs, right? That was the only thing that worked. And um they definitely need somebody who, you know, steps up at the right time. That's why it's a shame the trade deadline. Honestly, I think it's too early in the NFL. I think they should give the teams another two or three weeks. You know, so now that the schedule goes even farther, but um, but I would I would be looking for that. There's teams that look to make some moves. Guys aren't playing for whatever reason. Guys that still have some juice to them.
2: Um, All right, let being, me let me, would... you, let me throw let me throw a name yeah. here, Mike. Because there's a team that I think is out of it, a team that hasn't scored 30 points in 23 straight games, and they're on the bye this week, and, and they already paid the bonus. Would you pick up the phone and, and, and talk to Tennessee about Hopkins?
5: Yeah, I probably would. It depends on how I'm looking at it, if I'm being – because I can't imagine – you. Know, look, you know, it's easy. It, Dorsey deserves a lot of the blame. He has not – at least consistently enough, found that, that, that works. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know when we've talked about this before. When I look at the bills weapons and I had these conversations with people within the bills and they were telling me of how good everything was going to be. And I'm like, you have digs. He's awesome. But if you take digs out with the other guys, how many teams would you trade your weapons for? It's certainly at the, in the wide receiver position. Like, I mean, who are they? You know, they're better than the Patriots, who are terrible. Who are the team they played last night, who just doesn't have it. Diggs, Diggs makes you a mediocre wide receiver group, and he's a special player. I, I don't think that's being unfair. Like, it's Trencherfield Field and Gabe, and, right? Like, what do we see out there? So, I don't think they've done enough at that position. It looked pretty good for a little while when they were running it a little bit better. But to count on guys, look... Yeah, I might make that phone call and see and see what it would cost you to do that because they need a guy that's gonna at least scare another team that at least they care about. And then maybe, you know, Gabe sliding into that third role makes him even more valuable to the team.
4: Mike, uh James Cook got it going, especially once they got in the second half there, uh over five yards of carry, seventy one yards on the night. Why do you think it takes so long for the Bills to kind of get him going, get him involved when you see him throughout the course of the day?
3: Yeah,
5: I I honestly, I think for them, the pass can set up the run. And they weren't passing it effectively. And then I think they caught him a little bit by surprise on that drive, and they started to move the ball, and he looked really good. I think he's a really good player. You know, you see the difference. Like, the Giants can't do anything, but when Barkley gets going, you just see the difference in that back, right? You saw the way he ran. By the way, he ran by me at the, after the game was over, not ran by me. I was there. He ran. Okay. He's leaving the field. That man Barkley was fuming about not getting the ball
2: mm-hmm. in the last yeah. drive.
5: I believe he, he said it. Um, I I'll paraphrase. He said, darn it. I wish they would have thrown me or handed me the ball on that last drive. Yeah. 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 Something to that effect. He was fired up. What I'm saying is when you see that, you're seeing a guy who obviously can get stopped at any point, but also at any point, he can just make you look silly. I don't think James Cook is that, but I think he's a pretty good player. I think he's a good player. And I think there is reason to be encouraged on what he's doing. But he's not a – I think he's a really – he's a good player. I don't think he's a weapon, if that makes sense, right? He's not the guy they're going, we got to do something about Cook. He's good. He's good. And he can do some things, but honestly, I think the pass game or the thought of the pass game sets it up. And I got to tell you, our boy Fates is just out of his mind with the way they do the runs. And he's just shotgun handoffs is is a play you use to switch it up a little bit. Get Josh under center, use the play action. I even heard a guy last night, he was like, you got to be able to run the ball to use play action. I'm sorry, the numbers don't show that. <laughs> play action works all the time. If a team just sees a hint of a run, you can get linebackers to pause for a second. And it's effective, whether you're running well or not. And they, it just doesn't work unless you put Josh under center. He's not running RPOs like Jalen Hurts or somebody. He's Josh Allen. Like, get him under center. He was really good at it in a few games, and they got away from it. So. Um, that also hurts the run game.
2: Mike Carolina, 13 Wham, also a part of the Buffalo Plus team, and now we turn our attention to this week. I think it's funny, Mike, because this used to be, oh, it's the Patriots. This is the measuring stick for the Buffalo Bills. How the world has kind of changed. Are the Patriots the worst team in the NFL, Mike Carolina?
5: They're a Sunday 1 o'clock team, guys. They yeah. are Sunday 1 o'clock. The Bills have two scheduled one o'clock Sunday games. It's the Patriots. That's who they are. They're boring. Um, I won't say that, you know, they're poorly coached, certainly based on what he has been. They're poorly general managed. Their roster is not good. Um, Mac Jones had a couple of flashes in that game and he threw a couple of good balls. I mean, that's being, that's like old school bills being encouraged by what Trent Edwards is doing. (laughs) Like, that's who they are now. And, look, it doesn't mean you walk in there and win. We just saw the Bills against a bad Giants team at home struggle. So, you know, as bad as the Bills offense looked, it's still better than the Patriots. But you still got to go in there and play. And, you know, we'll see. But I got to tell you, they are – I'll put it to you this way. They're a team that you look at and go, where's the hope, right? That's what you sell in the NFL. It's either – you're either good – you're ascending or there's hope that you can do it. Or are you thinking, okay, we got this young coach and we're getting the number one pick and we're going to go get Caleb Williams. And we're No, it's, it's Bill Belichick in his ways, which obviously is making him probably the greatest of all time, but not today. So it'll be really interesting going into that place uh, next week. I've obviously been there so many times when the Bills were, just so inferior and you just it was inevitable they were going to lose um it's different now it's different when they walk in there everybody knows they're the better team but the bill team's, Bills team's gotta worry about themselves first and wake up and go get a division win because you know that jets loss still looms large for them
4: well uh the bills favored on sunday the eagles favored against the dolphins on sunday if if uh, the vegas lines hold well, the bills will be in first place by this time next week
5: yeah, I got to say, you know, look, it's been a struggle for the Eagles and anybody around me here, like, you know, they say, oh, you say that I, I knew they were going to struggle against the Jets. I think they still should have won the game. They kind of choked it away, made some bad decisions. But that Jets defense, even though, you know, Robert he you know, I told you the phrase, you're either humble or about to be humbled. Yeah, That dude's not humble at all. He's talking a lot of trash, you know, telling me he embarrassed three quarterbacks. Kinda of did. <laughs> but you usually don't say that, but that's the way he's talking. But that's what they did to Hertz yesterday. Um, they are banged up. They are they, they they were short, I think, six or seven starters on defense by the time the game got to the third quarter. And that's not a good recipe to play against the Dolphins. And Lane Johnson, I think they got pretty good news on him, but when Lane Johnson doesn't play, they struggle. So I don't know how they're stopping the Dolphins this week. I really don't. Uh, They're going to have to score some points, and it didn't look good last week. But um, that will be honestly, I'll be I'll be surprised if the Eagles win that game on Sunday night because you know Miami can crank it up offensively, and right now the the Eagles are I mean they're five and one, but they're, they're not playing great.
2: Mike, uh, let's be honest, Uh, baseball has to uh, go back to receding here. This is uh, an embarrassing kind of bracket here where you get the Diamondbacks. Congratulations on advancing to the World Series, Mike.
5: Well, I don't understand. Why, Why is that? The Phillies were that team last year and they went to the World Series.
2: Oh, the, the Phillies Braves should have been the NLCS. That's my point, that that if you had actual kind of reseeding after the wild card round, that you would actually have a, a matchup with the two best teams in the National League rather than, all right, The it feels like kind of a letdown that last week felt like the main event.
5: Yeah, I mean, you could say that. I don't know. Um, it's two years in a row the Phillies have done that to the Braves and gotten to advance last year. Padres gave them all they could handle and you know, they, they ended up you know needing that Homer to avoid the seventh game uh, from Harper and they ended up going to the World Series. So yeah, you can do that. Um I know. I, I I'll put it to you this way. Honestly, let's be let's be totally honest. Everybody hates the Astros, nobody cares about Texas, and nobody cares about Arizona outside of their home fans. Yes. And the Phillies are the team that there is people they love them and there's people that hate them. And some neutral people have really had fun watching them because they're a fun team to watch. But it's not a great Final Four for Major League Baseball. Would you agree with that
4: in yeah. general? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think you, so, if you had a Phillies, if you had a rematch, even, actually just the Phillies in the World Series, I think makes for a compelling World Series.
5: I think by now, too, I mean, we joke about it all the time, but maybe the narrative on Philly fans could, could slow down a little bit. We, we have our history but it is by far the best atmosphere in Major League Baseball. It's what Yankee Stadium was in the mid-90s when it was just an incredibly difficult place to play. I mean, they dominate teams. It's a football atmosphere. And obviously, the Eagles have been very good at home, especially in the playoffs. It's a great atmosphere there. So, you know, I mean, honestly, I haven't seen... It's more like a hockey home ice advantage sometimes when they play there. It really is. I mean... So can we, can we, you know, can we, can we settle down with the Santa the snowballs at Santa Claus <laughs> batteries from 40 years ago? Mm. You tell me like when Trey Turner saw that place, he's like, I want to play there. Yeah. I want to play there. Why, you Look at Castellanos. Look at the way he's responded. So that part's fun. That's great TV. I think like can, they have an element of that in Texas. It looks like the fans have gotten into it, which is cool. But, um, yeah. And don't give me this guarantee in the team. You know, I know the way you Mets fans are. You're you're sitting there. Oh, wait, wait,
2: wait.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. I'm provoked, Mike. I'm provoked. You're in the World Series.
5: No, They got to win. They got to win. Four games. Like, this is what you got to do. And, uh, you know, nothing is a given. Nothing is a given. Look at last year. They make the World Series. They hit 47 home runs against the Astros and they get no hit in the next game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what happens in baseball. So, well,
2: um, it, look, if you win it all, I will congratulate you. I will shake your hand if you allow me to. But in the end, if you get to the World Series and you don't, then it's. Like, I guess it was just, a little more fun, but sense, like
4: zero spite, zero no. spite from the Met fan across from me right now. My <laughs>
2: wearing a Met hat, zero ready,
4: spite uh, whatsoever.
2: Aren't you just
5: so sad when you just realize you tried and just failed so miserably and just gave up? You just gave up. You're like it's like Charlie Brown after the you know the ball <laughs> got pulled out again and just putting his head down and walking back. He just knows it's going to happen, and then it does. It's just, it's kind of, it's kind of pitiful. (laughs) It really is. Like, you're not even a, at least the Braves. The Braves have a great lineup. They just, they need a little, they need somebody. They need a guy to come in and like liven them up in the playoffs. But they got a great lineup. Great young
2: players. Mets are like. Uh, Don't worry. Like the Mets will be back in two years, Mike. And if the Mets g- to help you with like, if, if the Mets get a championship before the Phillies here, get a, a championship in what? <laughs> I, like you're on the doorstep. Like, and, like uh. you got to close here. They do. They, they were
5: close last year. The Astros were really good. I'm sure they were cheating, but they won. <laughs> um, so, so let's say, Hey, look, tonight's big. Like, you know, you fight for this. You, it's two wild card teams. By the way, it is kind of funny. People are like, "Can you believe a hundred win team lost to a ninety win team?" Yeah, <laughs> what's that like? A uh, thirteen win NFL team lost to an eleven win NFL team. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, it, Major League Baseball. It's a five game series. Phillies were hot. Braves weren't. They won. It is. That's what happens.
4: It's such a wide range of outcomes. So many variables that go into each and every play, each and every pitch, each and every game. I mean, you know, you're playing your best ball at the right time, and and you can win. The
5: rookie center fielder for the Phillies semi-misplays that ball, tracks it down. If he doesn't catch that ball, the Braves may very well win game four, and now you're going back to Atlanta for game five. It comes down to a kid who was in double-A making a really good play after the bullpen started to implode. Like, sometimes that, that, that's over 162 games. That's one moment. Man, in the playoffs, it's massive. So things have gone their way. It's been really good for them so far. They're really good at home. But there's no pressure on the Diamondbacks. And they got some good young players. and yeah. They played great. So, you know. But thank you for the guarantee that the Phillies are in the, in the World Series. I can guarantee you something. The Mets are not. <laughs>
2: Mike. Wow. Just, this is what happens when he's sleep deprived. My, Mike, oh, yeah. it's Patriot's week. Sleep
5: deprived it's and Eagles choking away a game <laughs> yeah, 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 Combine yeah. those two. It's like,
4: uh. Mike, uh, Patriot week. What, what do you, Dan and Jenna, got going on there at uh, buffaloplus.com this week that we can check All right, out? All
5: right. So we're going to be talking to, like this week, we'll have our podcast coming out this week. We're breaking down the offense. We're going to let Bates just go off. It's what he does. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk to Mike Mike Giardi. Formerly of the NFL Network, uh, reporter in Boston, knows that team, knows the Bills. He's always a great guest. We'll have him on. Dan will have his best bets. He's been on a pretty good role. Um, you can, I'd give him a few more days before you have him on, you know, because,
2: you know, he's still, yeah, still a little sensitive. I, yeah. I, I saw him briefly and I wasn't ready to go up to him last night. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. like, I, I do have compassion. Give him, yeah, yeah, yeah give him space. Give him yeah. a space.
4: That's, that's good. Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah. Hey, I gave him plenty of space. I didn't say boo. I just enjoyed the win, but I, you know, I gave him a little space. So we'll have all that going on with Dan, Janet, and myself, Buffalo Plus channel on YouTube.
4: Appreciate the time, as always, Mike. Enjoy your week.
5: Let's go, Mets.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Oh, the best, the icon, 13 web sports director, Buffalo plus.com. Mike Catalana, some great thoughts there on uh, last night's
2: win. That's what we do as sports fans, right? It's not just a Like you got to give your buddies you kind of like, bus balls. Absolutely. Yeah. It's fantastic. I love that. All right. We're going to have Ryan
4: Talbot on. We'll have more bills and uh, more bills. Uh, Giants talk, and we'll look ahead to the Patriots here as well with Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com. He's joining us here in about a half an hour or so. Uh, we're going to take a break, come back. We'll have time for your calls. It's it's a victory Monday that feels very eerily like a blame assessment Monday. Nobody's satisfied or satiated with the win and how the Bills won last night, and I get it. If we want to talk about it. You can join us, 866-4FAN, 585-866. the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia on the fan. Rochester, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book Mike Danger for FanDuel Sportsbook, official partner of 95.7 The Fan. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Now, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, join me now. There's no better time to get in on the action. The app is Super easy to use. Wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit Fanduel.com slash Mike, M-I-K-E. Fanduel.com slash Mike to kick off the NFL season. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and physically present in New York. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-877-8-HOPE-N-Y